0: What's up, Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. And before we get into game four and moving forward to game five and what one would assume would be a coronation and the Dodgers and all that, LZ, I, I want to I wanna point out something in the open. Um, Chris Morales, who does a phenomenal job of creating all our imaging here at the station, he really does. He puts in a lot of hard work. Uh, he's up at like two in the morning to start working on Keys Show uh, and throughout the day, right? I However, hear he doesn't
1: sleep at all. Yeah,, yeah much like LeBron, who doesn't much sleep like very yeah, much at exactly. all?:
0: Yes, he's like the LeBron uh, of the station in a lot of ways, um, except not like LeBron in a lot of ways. However, right, right. he said and, and look, he is half Mexican, um, so he is he is? Half, he is he is half Mexican.: Which yes. part? Um, I don't know. I I never actually asked uh, which part, but he is half. And he is, you know, his dad was a very famous, famous, famous radio personality in Los Angeles. Casey Kasem? No, Mucho Morales. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I have nothing but the ultimate respect for him, but I just texted him that I'm going to rip him here to start the show because instead of saying that we're going to bring flavor in Spanish, to the show, mm-hmm. he said Flavor, which isn't flavor, it's Sabor, S-A-B-O-R.
1: Uh, that must have been the other half that was speaking. Correct. Come on, man. So he's half Mexican, half white. Yes. And oh, that he, was the white side. Clearly. That definitely was the white side. Yes. Shouts out to uh, you, Hassan.
0: And not Hassan, right, exactly. Oh, yeah. All right, let's get into this. You and I, now very rarely in this business, do you get to kind of Pat yourself on the back a little bit. And the reason I say that is, LZ, you and I did the Hour of Power on Monday, okay? And the first thing we talked about was this Laker team needs to have a sense of urgency that they need to treat this game like Game 7. And it's funny because I, I, I was, we were talking about how really no one else, for whatever reason in the media, even though we think of every angle, right, on all these shows because we have so much content, nobody was – focusing on that part of it that Miami was starting to find something on offense and that you know if it's 2-2 it's a whole different world right all of a sudden everyone's freaking out at, at that point so the reason we need to pat ourselves on the back is not because we thought of that but because it was true so much so and Adam who's filling in for Laura today do me a favor and play the cut about what LeBron text his teammates when he woke up from his nap before the game, let me hear. This it. morning
1: after our team meeting, I just I just felt that, felt that vibe. I felt that, felt that pressure. I felt like for me personally, this was one of the biggest games of my career, and um, just wanted to relay that message to my teammates. The type of zone I was in, the type of moment it was. Cause I just know how great of a team that we're playing against. And after the game three um, win, the, the confidence that they had, that they still have even after tonight's loss. They're just a, a, a gritty, so damn well coached team. I feel like we want to be a championship ball club. If we really want to be a championship team, that we we got to have kind of, we got to have that same grit and that same attitude. So
0: just just my mindset. He texted them that Game Four was a must-win. So I want to give us some credit because we thought like LeBron for once.
1: or 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 he was listening to the podcast and Maybe. said they're right. Boom! This is a must-win. Yes, but it, it was. It was pretty evident to us not just because of Jimmy, who had a historic performance in Game 3, but because if you remember, and I'm sure you do, George, um, towards the end of the game, some of the other players were starting to get loose. Like, Tyler Hero was beginning to get loose, and he ended up having a pretty good Game 4. Shot selection, you know, was very much rookie inexperienced, but overall, I felt like he had a good game, and I credit the fourth quarter of Game 3 with that. Yeah. You know, And, and when, you're, when you start to build momentum, had they lost last night with Tyler Hero beginning to feel himself, Jimmy feeling like he can eat whenever he wants, and Bam Adebayo is getting healthier by the minute, all of a sudden now there's a great deal of pressure on the Lakers that wasn't there 24 hours ago, not because the score is 2-2, but because it's a brand new series because that team that they're facing now has a brand new attitude.
0: Uh, A brand new attitude, and as you pointed out, getting healthy, getting more confident, and all that stuff. And look, it it was, I'm just glad that when he said that, I literally jumped off my couch and I said, LZ and I think like LeBron James every once in a while. (laughs) And that's all I needed to hear. Um, The Lakers did look a little tight, though, to start that game, right? Miami did control that pace early, but the second half was exactly what you would expect from this Laker team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it really started with the man that we're talking about, LeBron James. First half, the turnovers, the jumping to throw passes, the the casualness um, of some of his passes, the carelessness of his overall play in terms of setting guys up. It was the reason why they struggled. And, you know, just as I said during purgatory, the reason why he's MVP is because when he's right, Mm -hmm. the Lakers get right. Mm -hmm. AD can be right. But if LeBron is wrong, you still might lose that game. Correct. But if Braun is right, you can get Booby Gibson and get to the finals.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is an excellent point. Uh, Anthony Davis was fantastic, though, in that game. Um, The first few, you know, quarter and change, he was on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy was kind of getting the best of him early. But at the back end of that game, Uh, Butler only made three of his final 12 attempts after starting five of five, including going one of seven with Davis as his primary defender. And their half-court defense was incredible, LZ, something that Miami had really obliterated them on in the games two and three, uh, even though the Lakers won one of those games. The defensive efficiency for the Lakers in the half-court improved to 98.6 per 100 possessions in game four. Just to give you some context for the listener... They gave up 123.9 in games two and three, okay? (laughs) So that is a monster difference, uh, particularly in the half court, where you and I talked about it. Miami's going to run that offense. uh, They're going to dribble handoff. They're going to run you off screens. They're going to try to run a track meet and run you ragged. And the Lakers were there to meet them step for step.
1: Yeah, and it was really uh, a testament to just going all out and hustling and and scrapping and flying around the court with a high degree of urgency. Urgency that we didn't see in game 3 even though I felt like you know game 3 was very winnable. Obviously they had a, a slight sure. lead in the fourth quarter, but they never felt like th- there was it was urgent. Like it felt like they felt like well if we win it great if we don't that's okay too. Game four was different, especially to your point in the second half. It wasn't a, you know, if we win, great, if not, we're still, like, the better team. No. They were playing like an underdog towards the latter part of game four. And it it really was about their defensive intensity.
0: We talked about this in the Hour of Power on Monday leading into the playoff game that we were uh, going into, the Major League Baseball game. Uh, about Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra had made a comment about the Lakers and where they had the biggest advantage, right? Like, everyone mm-hmm. is focusing on talent. But he says, even though that's part of it, is the, the what he calls the moments of truth were dominated in Games 1 and 2 by LeBron James and Rondo because they're so poised. They've seen everything. You're not rattling them. You're not, like... You're not confusing them. Yeah, you can maybe get them to make a mistake here or there because they're human, but that they really control the game. And the Lakers were able to get back to that in the, quote-unquote, as Eric Spolster says, moments of truth yesterday in that fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, and, you know, again, it's it's not just about the stats. It's about the competency. Mm -hmm. And it's about the hustle, and it's about – the focus. And I really felt as if, you know, that second half and particularly that fourth quarter was about as good of a fourth quarter this team has played all year. And I'm not exaggerating. I agree. It was everyone was clicking, open guys were hitting their shots, and our stars showed up defensively first, you know, just as you know, A D was guarding, you know, Jimmy Butler. Braun took on bam. Towards the latter part of the game, that was his assignment. Yeah. Bam got off to a hot start, just like just like Jimmy did. Fourth quarter, Bam wasn't present. <laughs> he was he disappeared. Right, and and I think the defensive intensity, LeBron on down, had a lot to do with that. So being mentally focused, studying your tapes, knowing what the other team likes to run, and being cognizant of what they are aware of with your offense are all hallmarks of a championship team. And I couldn't have been more proud of this squad last night, man, just watching them close out a very tense, hotly contested contest. Because when we look back on this championship, and there's going to be tons and tons of references to you know, eight and twenty-four or eighty-one, and you know the black jerseys and everything else. Those moments are important too, but the most important reason why they win a championship—if they're able to close this thing out—is because they played like champions. It's that simple.
0: And, and shout out to KCP. He had a game. That's all that mattered. KCP had a game. Mana from heaven. We'll discuss more about KCP's impact with our buddy P.J. Carlissimo, a longtime NBA coach, Final Four coach in college basketball. He's on the ESPN radio broadcast with Doris Burke and Mark Kestesher calling these NBA finals. He will join us in four minutes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like
2: never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parley selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
0: Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Game five of the NBA Finals will be Friday on this very station. As the Lakers and Heat do battle, the Lakers will try to finish the series off in five. A man who's been calling all the action for ESPN Radio is my buddy PJ Carlissimo, of course, twenty years in the NBA, Final Four coach as well in his college days, and we're lucky to have him at ESPN. Uh, did I interrupt the wine drinking or dinner just yet, PJ? Or are you because you I appreciate what? your time,
3: George? This is a big event tonight. It's the bubble band, all ESPN employees down by the pool. Uh, it's an almost rap party. I don't want to say rap party yet, but it's an almost rap party. So, uh, but I'm always willing to take time for you uh no problem
0: all right appreciate it buddy well let me uh get the wine later okay yes there is no there, there i'm sure there's plenty of it there at the uh, disney world Resort. honestly
1: pj you can do the wine now if you want to bro. i mean yeah I mean, that's
3: true too <laughs> what the hell you know I mean, you know lz I, I gotta come clean i might be sipping a glass right
0: now <laughs> that's why we love you that's there why you we go. love you PJ. there you go uh, all right pj What was, I thought yesterday was, both coaches coached their asses off, okay? Um, Agreed. What do you think, what stood out the most to you in regards to adjustments made yesterday for Game 4?
3: Well, I don't know what Frank Vogel did or what LeBron did. LeBron looked like a different person second half than he did first half. I was absolutely confused. Doris Burke and I, when we were talking before the game, I thought this was one of those games where lebron was going to come out and instead of involving his teammates which he likes to do a lot in the first quarter i thought he was going to come out and like score like 18 and just dominate the game and we're watching the game and he's turning the ball over again like he did in the last game and i'm like shaking my head wondering like is he sick or what's going on like it doesn't look like lebron really for most of the first half now again We're saying that, and I think he had like 10 points and eight rebounds at the half or something, but he didn't look right to me. Whatever they did, he came out second half, and he was vintage LeBron. He just, I thought, took over the game. Uh, AD's defense was incredible the entire game, especially on Jimmy Butler. In the second half, LeBron guarded Bam, and uh, AD guarded Jimmy, and they they both did a great job, Uh, I I think, uh, and not use it as an excuse, I think it's still a good series. But I think it could have been a great series. Um, Miami's missing Goran Dragic. Obviously, they missed both of them for two games. But I didn't realize it till last night that the young guys for Miami, for young guys playing in their first finals, they're doing a great job. But, you know, I think you still see Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and Kendrick Nunn you see them making mistakes. They take a bad shot when they're holding for the last shot at the a quarter. They take a you know a kind of a you know looks like a Saturday afternoon shot. And this is the NBA Finals, and they have a turnover here and there. And two of them are getting used defensively every time they guard a Laker. And the Lakers realize, hey, look who's guarding me. They just go in and score. And it finally occurred to me last night. You know, I'm a little slow, George. I'm saying, you know what? They're really missing Goran Dragic here because Goran Dragic is a good player. And, you know, he's a veteran guy. I don't think he's going to make as many mistakes. And I think it would have made for a much better series. But having said that, um, I-, I thought Frank in the second half with the matchups and KCP came alive, both KCP and Danny Green made some shots. I thought that was the difference in the game. I mean, really, when you think about it, what is it? It's ninety eighty eight when Jimmy misses that corner jump shot. I think yeah. it was a three yeah. chance to put them up. And instead, Braun busts it down the floor and finds KCP in the right corner. KCP makes the shot, and then I think two possessions later, he realizes he's got Duncan Robinson on him, top of the key, and he just blows right by him, goes in and gets a layup. Those five points by KCP were huge, and I thought that the defense on Jimmy late was really good. I, I didn't think Jimmy was aggressive enough early. He doesn't like to do that. He re, You know, uh, he, he really would rather involve his teammates, but – I thought it hurt them last night because nobody was doing anything. They weren't able to score other than Bam early. And I thought Jimmy needed to be selfish early. By the time they put AD on him, it was too late, I thought.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with you, especially the expectations for LeBron in that first quarter. Like you and Doris, I fully expected him just to you know get 20 points real quick just to remind everybody who he was. And to his credit, um, he didn't take that bait. He wanted to make sure that the supporting cast got plenty of shots. And, you know, it worked out, you know, because it got KCP no, it loose. For sure,
3: for no yeah. question, LZ. Kyle Kuzma has been really solid, kind of quietly. I, he's had a very good series, but he's been very reliable off the bench. He and Markeith Morris have really played well off the bench. Rajon's floor game has been good. He hasn't shot it as well the last couple games. But Markeith Morris and Kyle Kuzma really picked up the slack, I thought. Uh, The bench scoring for the Lakers has been very impressive.
0: P.J. Carlissimo with us here, of course, calling the action on ESPN Radio with Mark Kestisher and Doris Burke during the NBA Finals. You know, you mentioned Rondo there, P.J., Spolster calls the, the moments near the end of the game the moments of truth, right? And he credited the Lakers throughout the series about having guys like LeBron and Rondo, right, who just don't get rattled and, and, and getting those 50-50 balls and just making sure that they're organized. And you, you, know, you coached for 20 years in the NBA. like How invaluable is having someone like Rondo in these situations?
3: Couldn't overstate it. There's no way. We were saying there was a time... I think late third or early fourth, we said, man, AD's not getting the ball. Even though Bron was getting his, we said they got to get AD the ball a little bit more. Frank makes a substitution, and Rondo comes in, and I said, well, guess what? AD's going to get the ball now. The first two, top, first two possessions, Rondo finds him. He just makes so many plays that um, are, are winning plays, and I, I thought that was the difference in the game. When, when it was, I thought it was there for either team last night. I really did. I thought Bam was a little tired, and I thought uh, the defense by LeBron and AD on their two best players was was the major factor. But even with that, it was was still a one-possession game pretty late, and the quality of the shots that the Lakers were getting were significantly better than the shots Miami was getting. And I think that that comes down to the guy handling the ball, and that's either LeBron or Rondo. Rondo would be worth it to me if he didn't even make shots. The way he shot the ball in the playoffs, and he's always going to rebound. He's one of the best rebounding guards in the league in a long time. I mean, he's playing as well as I've ever seen him play. I mean, I know he was great. I know he won a championship when he was a rookie. You can't play much better than Rajon Rondo's playing right now.
1: No, no, I, I would agree with you. Hey, you know, a lot of fans, especially if you follow him on Twitter, you know, they like to rip on him every single time he misses a shot. Uh and, you know, sometimes he hits the, the backboard particularly hard on those three-pointers. I won't pretend like I don't notice that. Exactly. But his leadership on the floor can't be quantified.
3: No, it, it can't. And, you know, you've got to be nice because those people listen to you and they're your fans. I don't have to be nice. He's shooting 395, just under 40% from three, and 45 from, the you know, there – he they're nuts. They don't know anything about basketball. Rajon Rondo <laughs> has been the Lakers third best player yes. uh, in the in the playoffs and in this series. And if they didn't have him, I got news for you. It would be a problem, uh for the Lakers.
0: PJ before we let you go, um is this thing over on Friday, you think? I'm not
3: so sure, George. I you know, if I if you made me pick, yes, I would pick the Lakers, but a, I don't know if, I, I don't know if, even if Goran com, can come back, I don't know how well he can play. If Bam comes out of the game, you know, okay, and he's a little healthier on Friday, like he has more of a Bam at a bio game on Friday, I, I think, I, I, I think they can find a way to win another one. But if you made me pick, I think the Lakers. But it's not like, I don't think it's a no-brainer. I expect Miami to come and really, um, play very, very well. And then, you know, it may very well come down to is that Laker bench going to perform again? Is KCP going to play as well as he played last night?
0: All right, well, what's the pick for wine tonight before we let you go?
3: We're going to go with a uh, Sonoma Couture Chardonnay. Oh, and, perfect. Uh, Doris, Burke. Doris Burke is going with the Artemis Red. So we're, uh, we're going to get out and enjoy the bubble band and maybe have a, a wine or two. Day off tomorrow so we can, you know... Imbibe a little bit. You know, we normally don't, don't do that, George.
0: I know. Yeah, I'm sure that, that never happens with you. That's that's, no, that's definitely the case. Yeah. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you
2: name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business P- PJ, I'm just curious. Were you as disturbed as I was
1: to see that some of the Sonoma Contra bottles were screw tops now?
3: You know what? This is my old fuddy-duddy bias. I hate that. <laughs> my, wife loves it. my wife loves it. I hate when it's a screw top. It, it really bothers me. But, again, George refers to me as a curmudgeon and other things. So <laughs> I got to put up with it, LZ. But I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah, L- I was very disappointed. Well, listen, brother. Tell everybody in the family we miss them, and uh, we hope to see everyone soon. And uh, thank you, brother. We love you, all right? Be good. All right, man. Great being with you guys. Thank you. You got it. Take care. The great P.J. Carlissimo with us here. Check him out on ESPN Radio, of course. Calling games all season long uh, during the NBA season, including the NBA Finals with Doris Burke and Mark Kestesher. All right, coming up next, LZ, you and I are going to dive into the Dodgers, including a stat you've never heard about Clayton Kershaw. Uh, All right, coming up, though, before we do that, Uh, We're going to be back in two minutes. Sedano and LZ rolls on. Thanks to PJ Carlissimo for joining us there. Momo's going to stop by at 5.15, so about half an hour from now. I love PJ Carlissimo, LZ. The one thing I miss the most about because of what we're dealing with with this pandemic, I miss a lot of things. But one of the things I miss the most is having dinner with PJ Carlissimo, (laughs) traveling to do a game, because – you're talking about it's easily a two- hour dinner there's a lot of wine and a lot of bleep talk if you know what I'm saying like so many stories over his 30 year career coaching in either college or pro basketball that is just like you know you know you've done this stuff forever like you go these old heads you get them in a room and dinner and alcohol and good lord it's fun
1: oh man absolutely like I I haven't had the same pleasure as you have with the uh, dinners with PJ. But trust, I've spent plenty of time with legendary athletes that I've had a chance to work with. You know, one-on-one dinner with Sugar Ray Leonard. Right. Uh, you know, sitting there and listening to like Chrissy Everett and Martina Navratilova. Right. You know, so you're absolutely right. When Anytime you get a chance to just sit back. And just listen to grown folks talk. Yeah. Which is how I like to
0: characterize it. It's a beautiful
1: thing, man. It is. It's it's
0: amazing. It is funny. Respect your elders, damn it. That's what we're saying. Yes. Um, Because we're shortly going to be there too. Uh, But anyway, uh, Dodgers. All right. So, I want to get to the Clayton Kershaw crazy stat that I have. But, yesterday was a little frustrating to watch. So, I want to get, uh, you know, Dodger boy on here, Greg Bergman. Uh, We haven't talked to him yet today. Now, How worried were you those first five innings?
4: I I really wasn't because that's just the type of game that they play. They had the no hitter type? Well, no, they had eight walks <laughs> yeah, though during seriously. all that. I know they weren't getting hits, but they were still they were they were taking a lot of pitches. They were getting deep into the bullpen. You knew that they were eventually they were going to get through because that's just the type of way that they play. And they were patient. They were very patient at the plate, which I really really liked. So I I wasn't worried about it, and I was also watching the you know the finals in the while well, that was all going. So on, which so. screen
0: was on the Dodger game?
4: Uh, the screen, the TV was the Laker game, and the right. computer was the Dodger okay, game. That's
0: fine. Mm-hmm. That that's the way I, I had the iPad on the Dodger. Game. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I mean,
4: it's finals, and you know,
0: Padres. yeah, no, of course, yeah, it's only NLDS, right? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree. Uh But LZ, I think he, to his point, I think it could now be a short series because the Padres' pitching is stretched thin. And by the way, Mike Clevenger was just replaced on the on the playoff roster for them because his elbow is a mess. So, jeez, oh, well,
1: you know, I thought it was foolish for them to try and bring him back so soon. Anyway,
0: right? You know,
1: but I get it. Roll the dice, see if he can go. Whatever, Um, I had the Dodgers sweeping this Mm -hmm. series because, and you know, when you look at all the numbers that people like to quote, I saw way too many quotes of the offensive numbers for the Padres. Right, and we all know what happens to an offensive team once they get to the postseason. Those numbers dry up. Mm -hmm. The home runs aren't as plentiful. Right, and and it's about your pitching and it's about your manager. And I just felt yo, your pitching doesn't come close to what we have, and give me Dave Roberts over just about anybody. <laughs> you know, so I, I felt really good about that, not because I'm a homer, but just because, you know, an upstart should lose to an established Correct. You know, team like and, the Dodgers.
0: And and I love that you said that about Dave, because I have also been a huge Dave proponent, as you know, and, and I feel like he takes way too much grief. I feel like managers in general take so much grief. when Of all the major sports – they have the least amount of control over what actually transpires on the field.
1: Yeah, yeah, but in every sport, you start with the coach. Right. Shouts out to you, Bill O'Brien. And, you know, it, whether it's fair or not, there are very few situations in which the owner or team president, regardless of franchise— right is going to choose the coach over the players.
0: Right, or themselves. Or themselves, <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, so here's this – so real quick before we get to the Kershaw stat, uh, mm. it also was nice, Bergman, I would imagine you feel this, uh, that it was nice to get Cody Bellinger going again because Cody Bellinger has not had a good season to this point. I know it's a crazy short season and a weird season, but he has not necessarily performed all that great.
4: I think just him seeing actual hits – Makes a big difference for him And then hopefully that'll push over Into tonight's game And can actually make him hit In the playoffs Which he's had a lot of trouble with But a lot of those hits Weren't like strong Cody Bellinger type shots Correct They were more so Like little dribblers up the side Or little dribbler up the middle He should have been out And the inning should have been over When it was one nothing. But he But the Cronenworth threw it over to Hosmer And Hosmer dropped it So I mean these weren't Massive hits from him.
0: No, but at least no, it, but, again, it just right. it, it feels right. like he's break. He's gonna he could potentially break through. I just think from a confidence perspective, I think it was nice to just see him get on base. You know,
4: absolutely. And to go to LZ's point just from a second ago about the the Padre offense, Globe Life Park doesn't allow for that type of offense that they're so great at. You saw last night how many shots that the Dodgers had that fell short at the at the warning track.
0: Yeah. You know, that's not the old Texas, uh, you know, bandbox. No. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's not that. Uh, speaking of Texas, Clayton Kershaw on the mound today. Whoop, whoop. The last time he has had a start uh, in that town, which, by the way, uh, is, his high school was like right down the street, I was told, like a mile or two away. Uh, the last time he had a playoff start there, LZ, was in high school where he struck out all 15 batters that he faced And that was the end of the game because they mercy ruled someone. I feel like, first of all, that is an incredible thing. And shout out to Jorge Castillo, the LA Times, uh, who wrote a story about that today. But I think that that could be, if you think about just high school athletic prowess, maybe that's the hardest thing or the most accomplished thing anyone could possibly do in their high school career, regardless of sport.
1: Yeah, that's, to make your opponent say, I give up, is, is pretty impressive. There's, there's, there's no Angle doubt go 15
0: it. for 15, striking him out.
1: What was the score, though?
0: Oh, I, I'd have to look back on the story I and mean, like, had it. Hold like,
1: on. I get like not being able to get a hit, but it just felt like a mercy rule means that you were down like 30 to 0 or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go back and find it in the story. I will find it for the other side of the break. Um, but I, I, I want to ask the audience that. Um, couldn't you, can you think of something that would be harder for an athlete to do at the high school level? Go 15 for 15 striking people out in a mercy rule situation. That is eight, crazy. <laughs> eight eight seven 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 ten espn We'll get into that. 877 seven, 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 we got what you need to know coming up, including some cool stuff uh, about LeBron James. Don't forget, Momo's going to stop by uh, as well in a few minutes, so stick around for that.